0: This is Rob Wolfe with another New Thinking podcast from the Center for Court Innovation. Today I'm with Mary Claire Landry, who is the Director of Domestic Violence Services for the New Orleans Arm of Catholic Charities, and also serves as the Secretary of the Louisiana Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Uh, Thanks so much for, uh, for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I wanted to talk about what's happened with domestic violence services in New Orleans since Hurricane Katrina. But maybe you could take me back three years. Obviously, Katrina was devastating to the entire city, uh, devastating to infrastructure.
1: Well, I think after Katrina, what we experienced is um, just, as you know, a community just broken in in so many ways. We knew immediately when we got back into the city a couple months after Katrina, when we were able to re-inhabit the city, that we had to find new and different ways to identify victims of domestic violence and find those places that we knew they would start showing up. We knew people were not going to know where to go for services, and we knew that people were going to be experiencing domestic violence in ways that they had not, maybe not been exposed to it before. We knew that we were gonna have a lot of situational domestic violence, which is not your typical power and control type of long-term escalating violence, but just really related to just coping, the the lack of coping mechanisms and coping support systems. Couples that had been married 20, 30, 40 years never experienced domestic violence coming in with very severe cases. Uh, very kind of primal um, responses. Not only did we see an increase, but we I think it exposed the domestic violence that was already there. They won't call the police. They don't go right. to, to the, the court systems. It got really exposed after Katrina when those systems went away.
0: What happened to the resources you had? You had had shelters, you had had right. some
1: uh, to, obviously
0: programs running prior to the hurricane.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we ran the, the traditional emergency shelter in, in New Orleans. Uh, we lost one of our buildings to fire and one that's flooded substantially that we couldn't reuse it. So we were down to one building. The other partner that did a lot of the work traditionally in domestic violence, for 30-something years, the YWCA uh, flooded substantially, and that organization didn't recover. They did Um, not come and reopen. So we took over a lot of the services and a lot of the non-residential services that the YWCA... Operated prior to Katrina, we lost all of our our funding contracts after Katrina, and we had to go back and fight because what I heard immediately after Katrina is there's nobody living in New Orleans, there's no domestic violence, there you know you lost your shelter, wow. so that you know we don't feel we need to fund you, and and, I had and those
0: to, were local funding sources. It was or? federal,
1: state, and local, uh, and I ba- I basically had to say no. You know, even though, you know, I lost all my staff, we are recovering, we're, we're you know, we're b- rebuilding our infrastructure, and domestic violence is not going to go away. It's going to be, it's ever more critical that we get our services back up, and we need your support. And fortunately, it took me about six months to recover all of our funding grants.
0: So it sounds like you almost had a clean slate after, I mean, no funding, resources gone, and, and you mentioned staff. I mean, All us. over
1: the country. We came back. I came back to New Orleans with three employees. I mean, when I came back and I saw my building burned and saw the ashes and saw my car <laughs> in ashes and saw my home, you know, while it 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 really just was very disheartening and 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 difficult and the the loss was tremendous. I also saw tremendous opportunity. I saw us really having an opportunity to redesign services the way we always wanted to do it. We were starting from scratch, and how many people in a lifetime have an opportunity to to just rethink, start from scratch and say, this is what we know, we have the expertise, we know what's going to work and what doesn't work. If we're going to spend all this time, energy and money mm-hmm. in putting back an infrastructure, let's do it. The right way let's do it let's let's look at all the best practices and design a system that's really going to be responsive and that's what we've done
0: well so tell me about that what what does it look like now what did you <laughs> what have you created
1: well, it's been incredible. I mean, what we created, we redesigned how we provide housing. We no longer do the shelter model. Uh, we provide hotel vouchering. We provide safe houses that we lease in Catholic Charities names. They're located throughout the city so that if people want to stay in their, their communities, they can stay where they feel comfortable and where they feel mm-hmm. safe. Um they like the independence they you know we really wanted to get away from congregate living because that's very difficult for women who are in trauma and who are moving away from a control issue to to move into a a congregated living situation where they have to follow rules and and other people are making decisions so we really want to be able to respect their need for independence and and control over their their own lives we identified every entry point that we knew that survivors would show up for services. Health care, emergency rooms, police, court systems, and we put trained advocates in all those systems to make those linkages very, very effective. But the most exciting initiative is the Family Justice Center, because it just makes so much sense to locate everything, especially people who are in trauma, mm-hmm. especially in a disaster area where... All everything that's familiar is gone. Right. To really have one place that we could direct p- women and families and anybody who's a victim um, to get all those services and to really get. The, the partners on board to work with us to, to redesign this vision. And that's what the Family Justice Center has enabled us to do.
0: Describe the facility for me. You, you've picked a location from, from, we did. You started we, from scratch.
1: We were we were very fortunate. At, at one point, we were really actually thinking of putting the Family Justice Center in FEMA trailers. That's how desperate we were. Mm. But uh, at the end of June, the city came forward with a, a city-owned building that was vacant, that had not been flooded. Uh, it was an old firehouse from the 1850s, one of the first original firehouses in New Orleans. And we had our grand opening uh, two years to the date of Katrina. And we just celebrated our one-year anniversary.
0: And so describe it to me. What is there? What is What, what happens?
1: What we have on site is uh, the, the New Orleans Police Domestic Violence Unit. We have the district attorney on site. We also have the city attorneys. And then, of course, we have Crescent House. We have a whole range. We have an NLPD advocate. We have a legal advocate. We have a number of case managers that are on site. So
0: Crescent House is the Catholic Charities uh, Domestic Violence Package of Services. Correct. That used to be a shelter, per se, and now it's...
1: We will get them to safety, and we do the safety planning. You know, really wraps services around a a survivor when she comes into the Family Justice Center and connects them to all of those um, social services.
0: And what are the advantages of bringing everyone together in one location?
1: Well, I think it just has given us the leverage to be able to look at domestic violence as a community issue, and to look at community solutions, so that it's not just Crescent House going, saying, what should be the criminal justice response to this? What should be the law enforcement? Because as you create that, that um, holding place, which is the Family Justice Center, it really brings those partners in, and it, it, gives, it brings buy-in, and so that... It, You know, it's not just one system that is working or not working. We're all working toward really looking at how this is impacting the the survivors.
0: Are there ways, are there things you can tell me about that things that have changed as a result of the insights that you've come to or the collaboration that has come about as a result of being co located in the same location?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, um, Domestic violence uh, detectives, you know, now have protocols that we use in, in so that we can work with them. And if a woman or a victim does not know how to navigate the police system and she's distrusting of the, the police system, that we can estab- reestablish that relationship. The relationship between the police and the, the district attorney. The relationship between the city attorney and the and the district attorney to make sure that those communications, so that if we need to get a case. Uh, move from a misdemeanor charge to a felony charge, the Family Justice Center provides that avenue for that to happen very quickly and funding of the Family Justice Center has really enabled us to bring more prosecution resources to the table. So one of the things that we've done is we've funded some investigative positions to assist the police. We've actually funded some city attorney positions. We've actually funded the district attorney position and that was one of the things that we negotiated with the Office of Violence Against Women when we were in the initial discussions because our criminal justice system was just devastated after Katrina. They were down to one city attorney.
0: So it sounds like there was, in a way, a silver lining, it sounds outrageous to say, about something as devastating as Hurricane Katrina, but you've been able to take advantage of all of the circumstances, the starting from scratch, and create something that sounds like is better than what it replaces.
1: Absolutely and I just for myself personally um, to stay in New Orleans and to help the recovery uh, my commitment was if I was going to stay and do this and rebuild this why would I go back and rebuild a broken system? It just doesn't make any sense. We have this incredible opportunity. We have the support of the federal government. The Office of Violence Against Women could not have been more helpful in bringing resources to us to help our city to do that.
0: And so you're up here with a team of people visiting uh, Brooklyn, and you're here right now. We're at the uh, Brooklyn DA's office and their Family Justice Center, and you've seen the domestic violence courts operating here, and you've seen the traditional uh, criminal court. Mm-hmm. And I wonder—I don't know if it's too soon if you've been able to process it, but have you seen things that that? that you want to take back with you or lessons Absolutely. that you've learned?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we looked at some, you know, software and, and tracking systems that we definitely can implement that they're going to share with us. The Center for Court Innovation is going to provide us with some uh, toolkit for how to really create this domestic violence court. The judge that is with us is, is very interested in doing this.
0: Great. Well, you know, I've really enjoyed talking to you and learning about what's going on in New Orleans. We read about it all the time in the in the paper I can't imagine going through that and it sounds like you've really been able to you know, build something positive.
1: Well, it's been an incredible journey, and uh, it's been exciting. Uh, You know, I I tell people it's like being part of the Wild Wild West. You know, you have this incredible opportunity. It's it's quite challenging, but it's also very rewarding. So I'm very grateful for what we've been able to create.
0: Well, thank you for taking the time and and sharing your ideas and what you've been doing. I've been speaking with Mary Claire Landry, who's the Director of Domestic Violence Services for the New Orleans Arm of Catholic Charity. And she also serves as the secretary of the Louisiana Coalition Against Domestic Violence. I'm Rob Wolf, and this has been another New Thinking podcast produced by the Center for Court Innovation. And to find out more about the Center for Court Innovation, you can visit our website at www.courtinnovation.org.